live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. my own home again. I'll explain why in a little bit. Dimly lit room, it is that. Uh, the Armstrong and Getty compound. Hello, everyone. At home, And today, today we are under the tutelage of our general manager. The beginning of the end of American the, public schools. The beginning of the end of American public schools. That is correct. There is a major reform coming, an earthquake, a tsunami, if you will. Of course, an earth, a tsunami is resultant from an earthquake, so that's a little bit redundant. As you can see, America's public schools failed me as well. <laughs> bad, uh, bad. Um, big finish here, Michael. We're, 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 it's, it's Friday. No, we're, not, we're not even close. <laughs> it's Friday. We're headed to uh, the weekend, and uh, everybody's already exhausted from 2021 already. It sucks. Boo! Boo! 2021 sucks! But here, here, here we go. Big fit. Good Lord, you're like Biden. You don't know what year it is. Zip, zow. 2022 sucks already. And, um, yeah, my New Year's resolution is wait for 2023, I guess. <laughs> oh, good. Not even a weekend. That's so, the attitude. I'm a, probably not the only one in this situation across America. In that uh, I have to be home. Luckily, I can work from home, but I have to be home because my kid has a cough. Um, I did, I think, the honest right thing in uh, telling my school that my kid has a cough, and they are following their guidelines, which almost every school in America has, is if your kid has any of the symptoms of COVID, they have to stay home. And then if you're honest with your teen... And then if you're honest with any of your babysitters, they all say, I shouldn't, I can't, I better not. So you can't get a babysitter for a kid that's got a cough. They can't go to school. In theory, I shouldn't be going to work because I've been around somebody who's got a cough. Sure. I don't know how the country functions with these rules. Well, it won't. It won't very well at all. And uh, virtually all of the articles you see or I've read in preparing for the show have to do with, you know, uh, labor shortages, hospitals, hospitals getting overwhelmed, you know, this business, that industry getting overwhelmed. And it isn't the COVID itself. It's it's the protocols, which, you know, we can argue about how wise they are. But when Delaney was here, our youngest uh, visiting for, for Christmas time. We had some friends who had the sniffles. They were going to come over for dinner, and she was very, very nervous about it. And I talked to her about it, and it became clear to me, you know, for the first time, really, really clear to me. It wasn't about the disease. It was about that her various, you know, her her work, her her friends, her uh, associations, etc. They're all under the uh, the 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 heavy hand of these protocols. That if somebody shows up with something that might be COVID, their lives are just thrown into disarray. Absolutely, that's what I thought. So uh, we did our big family gathering for Christmas in Wichita, Kansas, and my niece uh, started feeling sick. And had the symptoms of a cold, which, unfortunately, as we've all known for the last two years, are the same as the symptoms for COVID. Uh, she did the the quickie test that said she doesn't have COVID, but those quickie tests are worthless. But anyway, she probably has a cold. She's had tests since. She's in New York now. She's at a fancy university. But um, uh, she probably has a cold. But if, like Joe was just saying, if you're going to follow any of the protocols, I was exposed to somebody who has a cold. Now, we uh, the whole family has a cold. 
Uh, both my kids are home from school with colds. Neither one of them can have any sort of child care, outside child care, because they have the symptoms. And <laughs> it's just unworkable. So um, you can't get a test anywhere. The kind of test that they want you to have that counts, you can't get, not in a timely way. We finally got one yesterday. So I had I, I signed up for one, and three days later we got it. Because they're so busy, and I've been going to the same place to get tested now for uh, for a year and a half, and in the past, it was anywhere from a ghost town to a few people. Yesterday, it was a line snaking blocks long. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people being run through this gymnasium to get the, uh, you know, the real tests, the one that actually work. And because of that, the results are slow, so it's going to be like 36 hours to get the results back or longer. So, but how can you how can you possibly function as a society like this if nobody can go to school or work or take care of their kids or get a test? Yeah, I know, I know. Boy, that being a slam then empty then slammed. It reminds me of my experience. As Jack knows, I was in the disco ball business for uh, quite a number of years. Opened it in the seventies, and oh my god, we were so busy. I expanded. I hired hundreds of people, and then the eighties hit. And uh, well, it was devastating to say the least. Then 90s, the ironic crowd started coming back, and I expanded again. Oh, my God, I lost my shirt. Anyway, be thankful, Jack, you don't have the flu-rona. You might have the flu-rona. Stay tuned for more details. He's going to say it one more time about the flu-rona. Yeah, I think you enjoy saying that a little too much. <laughs> Let's officially start the show, and I didn't even make my my ultimate point on that, which was uh, piggybacking on your point. But anyway, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, January the 7th, the year 2022, a new you in 22. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show, and we approve of this program. Let's leap into action now officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. Taco Bell just launched a subscription service that sends customers a taco every day for a month. <laughs> Well, it looks like we're about to go through another toilet paper shortage. <laughs> so obvious. So oh. childish. <laughs> and I'm still laughing. I'm, I'm going to, uh, on that topic, I'm going to say something that most people don't say on the radio. So if you don't oh. want to hear something coarse oh, Lord. and unusual, turn down the radio for just the next 20 seconds. I'm turning it down. <laughs> I be. haven't pooped in four days. Oh, Wow. In solidarity with the Tibetans or? Because uh... of the gallbladder thing, I guess. Oh, oh, golly. Right. My body still hasn't adjusted to having one of its organs missing. Anyway, huh. that aside, uh, my point with the, uh, <laughs> my point with the, uh, what you were talking about, that's really interesting. So your daughter was more worried about the chain of events that will be set off with the protocols around coughing or sniffling than the disease. That is exactly the situation I've been dealing with for the last week and I'm dealing with right now. Nobody seems to be really concerned about the actual disease, but we've all got these rules we got to follow. And how are we going to make school, work, home, doctor's office appointment, everything function in that world? Right, right. And maybe at the end of the chain, there's some immune compromised uh, mother who somebody's a caregiver for. But it's mostly just about the protocols. Unless, of course, you have the flurona. Stay with us. So you're not going to tell us about that now? Oh, it's too devastating. We don't have time. Okay. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's actually outstanding, but uh, we're going to have to squeeze it down because, of course, on Friday we have Clips of the Week. The first Clips of the Week of the new year. Yeah, I presume it's uh, been prepared, even though it's been a short week. That's course, very exciting. And then, 
And then a variety of things we got to catch you up on, including uh, more fallout from uh, the one-year anniversary of January 6th. Did you see Ted Cruz groveling to Tucker Carlson last night? I just saw the beginning of that. It was incredibly uncomfortable. Do we have that tape? It was, it was, it was something. Oh. Anyway, we got all that oh, stuff on the is, way. Yeah. Hope you can stay with us. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, one more thing to throw in that that uh, I don't want it to just sound like bitching, but it is part of the stew of this mess of if you have sniffles, cough, anything like that, you're supposed to keep your kid home from school and then you can't get a babysitter and you're not supposed to go to work and then anybody who's working around you is not supposed to go to work and then their kids aren't supposed to go to school, blah, blah, blah. Um, if And the fake tests don't count a lot of different places. The real test, the quickie tests, a lot of people aren't counting anymore because they're mostly worthless. The real test... um. Remember, we've all been told now, I was told back when I had COVID, and now the CDC is saying that, that you can test positive for up to three months after you've had the COVID. So if you've had COVID in the last three months, um, a, a positive test doesn't mean you have it now anyway. Who knows? Right. Right. It's just fragments of the virus still kicking around in your body. So you haven't accomplished anything. No, well, not really. What are you going to do? It takes all the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. So we could do, and and perhaps we will do, a mini-segment a little bit later on, uh, reactions to not only the Biden speech uh, yesterday uh, and the the never-disappoints-Kamala efforts yesterday as well, uh, and, and our discussion of them. Uh, let the the folks have a voice. I think there were some kind of interesting points and criticisms cool. made. I want to hear uh, that. But right now, uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Uh, concluding our... New Year's week forward-looking quotes. This one from the great Seneca, the uh, Roman leader, thinker, senator, right? Uh, He said, uh, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Well, yes. it must have must have flowed better in uh, Latin or whatever he said. Oh, it sounded freaking fantastic in Latin. How about this from Plato? The beginning <laughs> I mean, is the most important part of the work. That uh, relates to my five-minute rule. Just spend five minutes on the project you're thinking about. There is no doubt that the beginning is the most important part of the work. That has always been the case with me. If I can get started, it'll it'll be all right, but... You know, the other part of that equation, I've been uh, kicking myself a little bit about that this week because I caught myself rationalizing. Um, if you are engaged, especially in some sort of, well, I was going to say some sort of creative project, but really almost every project, if you wait for inspiration, you will never do it. Or you will do it so rarely it doesn't do you any good. Just sit down and put your fingers on the, the keyboard. Hmm. Or or on your guitar, fire up your recording software and sit there. Don't wait till you're inspired. Start writing that term paper. Right. Work on it because it's what you want to do. Inspiration comes from work, not vice versa. I got to remember that. I'm bad at that. Bad, bad Joe. Mailbag. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize deeply. I am 0 for 1 in 2022. <laughs> Before we get to that, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow (laughs) Clips of the Week. 
New Year, same old problem. Every third Sunday, I drink the blood of a virgin. Bishop Desmond Tutu passed away. Inventor of the little dress you wear when you do ballerina stuff? I believe that's incorrect, but... We've allowed people to beat us down so much that all we did was wallow in COVID. When the kind of the, the hysteria gets going, you know, you'll have certain people that will go out and will just get tested all the time at some of these sites. The rest of the country probably faces a hard month ahead of us. There's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. Antonio Brown. That's Antonio Brown without his uniform. For him to pull what he pulled today is completely inexcusable. Totally BS. And you know what? You can kiss my behind. I do not care. I don't care. Bragg will largely no longer enforce some trespass crimes, resisting arrest, and sex work. Would these policies give criminals a green light? No! I mean... The process of aquamation instead of cremation. Aquamation sounds like a Joe Biden word. Or so that bad in care. Aquamation. I'm going to throw something out there about 2024. What are the chances, you give just a number, that it'll be a rematch between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? 50%. I believe 100% that Trump is running again. I don't know what Biden's going to do yet. 30%. 30%. I'm closer to Chris than everybody else. He can't accept he lost. That was quite something. They want to make this country into a banana republic. Anytime there's a, a, a carve out, uh, you eat the whole turkey. I like having New Year's resolutions because you can just make them up as you go. Uh, sort of like the CDC rules on COVID. <laughs> Hard, working harder, hardly working. <laughs> so, sayonara, sucker. Whoa, four, four days was enough. I should talk about that uh, theory of mine of maybe I'd be happier if I just, uh, you know, enjoy what other people enjoy. Um, Because I, I, uh, somebody made an interesting point on that in the text line the other day, and uh, I think a lot of people could relate to it. So okay, stay, stay tuned. We'll get to that later this hour. Little wisdom, huh? Little yeah. contemplation. Maybe. maybe. Little mailbag. It's a nice note from Dennis. I've not heard you discuss the ballot initiative to provide vouchers for public school children to use at whatever school they choose. I, I don't know where you live, Dennis, but wherever you live, wherever there is a ballot initiative for school choice, we are in favor of it. Hallelujah. He points out if the ballot passes, surely it will be the end of the public school unions controlling our education. Well, I'd, I'd say their power will be greatly reduced. And on a similar topic jay in california for now as he signs off guys uh san francisco teachers have walked out i was going to do that story they had a big walkout yesterday the way these teachers unions have been behaving since the start of covid is repugnant i've been asking for two years why aren't we calling this a teacher's strike they're holding children's education not to mention their mental well-being hostage for money and power what is it if not a strike well it's day three in chicago about 10% of the teachers have shown up. All the rest haven't. God, I can't believe there are not more teachers that are willing to go against, obviously, a bad decision to close down the school. And there's not more than 10% willing to buck the the union. But anyway, they're not getting paid. The ones that aren't showing up aren't going to get paid. So 
I don't know how long you can do that. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I have a feeling there are many, many good teachers who hate what their unions are doing, but especially in a place like Chicago, which I know a little bit more about because I grew up right there, um, the unions enforce their will in ways that would make Jimmy Hoffa blush. They don't break arms and legs as much as they did in the old days, but they will ruin your life. Oh, I'm they sure will ruin it, your professional life if you dare resist their dictates. I'm sure it doesn't make your life easier. Your chance for moving up, certainly anything regarding the union, is over. Oh, gosh, we don't have time for that. It's a shame. Michael, maybe for after the uh, commercial break, could you get the, the cat lawyer, that sound ready? <laughs> okay. The longer version of that, that would be great. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Good morning, guys. Right, so, uh, George. Thank you for your service and truth. You're welcome, sir. Just wanted to tell you guys that here in L.A. County, it's already happening. The county does not want any employees of any companies that have contacts with them to be able to work in the county if they're unvaccinated. The company I work for has contracts with cities and counties in L.A. Now the company is scrambling to move workers around who are unvaccinated. Please speak on our behalf. God bless you guys. God bless you, sir. Yeah, so again, it's not the disease at all. It's that places like L.A. County are so paranoid and so totalitarian about it, you can't do business unless you dance to their idiotic tune. So as Joe mentioned, we got a conversation to be had about yesterday's conversation about January 6th, so I look forward to hearing all that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out. I don't think we need to reset what uh, yesterday was. It was the one-year anniversary, and we talked about it a lot. And uh, we talked about what happened a year ago. We talked about Biden's speech. We talked about all kinds of stuff. And we got a heck of a lot of reaction on uh, text and Twitter. And um, most of you, of course, didn't... Uh, react in any way that we would know at all because the vast majority of people who listen to the radio or watch tv shows or read articles just take them in and then say hmm that's interesting or i agree or i hate that or whatever and don't respond right (laughs) but those of you and you know i like i like hearing from people but uh it's a it's a it's a small small minority of people that ever react to anything anybody says in the in the world of writing talking viewing um, and we got reactions all over the place. And like, just, I got like three in a row on Twitter last night as I was looking at some of the reaction. I just went to some of the mentions. So it was like stuff that I wouldn't even normally see. It was just, you know, somebody tweeted at us in their conversation. Mm-hmm. And it ranged from were shills for Trump. Yes. Clearly. To we've always been never Trumpers. That too. To best show you've ever done. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a third, a third, a third, but it was, you know, a big chunk of all three of those. Yeah. Um, oh, and, you know, and, and, and a heap and helping of uh, I, I stopped listening years ago because they're either in the pocket of Trump <laughs> or so anti-Trump. I can't stand it. Yeah. Uh, this used to be our unofficial slogan. Once again, we have failed to please all of the people all of the time. Yeah, and it just it reinforced more than ever. I feel like it just you got to say what you think and just... Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. You know, I, I listen to shows all the time th- that I love that they say things that I think are completely wrong. Or I agree with them or whatever. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, I will say this, and I mean this from a ticker. Uh, having gone through a bunch of email, uh, a ton of it, 
uh, the vast, vast majority of people were intelligent, thought-provoking, yeah. respectful, the rest of it. Yep. Y'all are super impressive. And and you can't let the, the, you know, use whatever derogatory term you want, get you down. You can't let the turkeys get you down, as my mom might have said. So, uh, but let's, uh, we're going to hit a few emails just to give you kind of an idea of the, the range of perspectives. And then some of the reaction from other folks around the globe yesterday, from uh, Ted Cruz to, uh, gosh, I thought Trey Gowdy was great on special report with Brett Bear last night. Uh, and, oh, my God. You know what? Let, to kick it all off, to kick it all off, to put everybody in a jovial mood, Michael, why don't we start with the leading light of American intellectual life and government, Vice President Kamala Harris, yesterday at the Capitol, clip 34. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. You know, listening to her, I can't help but feel like she is the equivalent, the executive branch equivalent of one of those fake pole vaulters who had their head photoshopped onto a real pole vaulter and got into college somehow. She must have some talent that is not visible. All right, her I gotta to... say it. I've, the laws of comedy demand I say it. Yeah, ask Willie Brown what they are. <laughs> I don't really mean that, but I don't want to get bogged down on Kamala Harris because I have a feeling she's going to exit the world stage rather quickly and and be a blip in history. Yeah, she is one of the least talented. Well, she is the least talented politician on the big stage I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. She's just awful. She will soon be playing golf with Dan Quayle. Those old enough to remember that uh, fine young man from Indiana. Yeah, she's terrible. Anyway, to the email. Uh, let's see. This is from Ron. Always appreciate your views, even when I disagree. Uh, on the topic of Jan 6, feels like you're talking from the narrow perspective of the heat of the moment. Many details are still hidden, but we know a lot more in the context, etc. Uh, da, 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 da. I'd sure like to hear you explore the answer to the mystery of the lack of security that day. We know the FBI, the Capitol Police, Pelosi were already warned that security would be at inadequate. Uh, ironically, only Trump showed any interest in shoring it up by recommending preemptive use of the National Guard. You know, I don't want to get off on that tangent too long. It is kind of odd. You're right. I think a lot of that had to do with Trump frequently talked about using the National Guard or the military for domestic protection, whether uh, in the wake of the rioting and that sort of thing. And in the same way, the idiotic knee-jerk... Uh, members of the left, when Trump said, open the schools, they were all for closing the schools all the time. Screw the kids. I almost dropped an F-bomb. Woo. Um, oh, boy. In, that it was that same re- reflex. So Trump was saying, hey, there's a word there could be some violence. We ought to call out the National Guard. Trump did. Uh, uh, the Democrats, knee-jerk style, said, no. No, we won't. So, yeah, it's interesting. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's stupidity. But, Ron, I could be wrong. Any of that stuff, and there are a number of those things I do think, you know, uh, Tucker brings up a lot. I think, hmm, that's interesting. I hope somebody explores that further. I don't know what was going on there. Why was that guy there? Why did that guy do that? Why wasn't the security? I don't think any of that has anything to do with, though, as heads were being cracked and people were breaking into the building, Trump had nothing to say to try to stop it. Right. 
Right. Uh, or, or not nearly enough. While everybody, as you pointed out yesterday, his own kids, his entire cabinet, his Sean, chief of staff. Sean Hannity, all of these people were begging him to do something. Right, right. Uh, Mike writes, uh, God, 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 God. no reason to expect Biden or any of his people to pick up an olive branch yesterday. When Senator Cinema gets chased into a bathroom and Manchin and his family are harassed on a houseboat, and Sleepy Joe chuckles about it and said it's par for the course, unless, of course, you have Secret Service. Uh, any hope of civility was gone. He's an unfortunate footnote in our history books. Hopefully the senators hold strong, so he's nothing more than that. Um, let's see. This is Nathan. Uh, Joe, that's me, continues to be an apologist for Trump. Quote, he doesn't really understand government or the Constitution. He must have gotten bad advice from the people around him. Uh, excuse me, folks, but this is what he wrote. Jesus Christ, Joe, you're not that dumb pandering to your right-wing audience. <laughs> whom I, I, love res- it, I love it when people say that. Look, you're not that dumb. You're too smart to understand. that. That's always, that's always a good one. Uh, let's see. <laughs> pandering to your right-wing audience, whom I respect, is more important to you than calling Trump for the amoral pig and the scorched-earth narcissist he is and always has been. You willfully conflate conservatism with the most divisive president in U.S. history. Shame on you. Shame on you. Uh, there is just a teeny bit of truth to that, Nathan. There's a lot of untruth. What I said, just to clarify, was the reason I thought Trump was dangerous and I've been consistent on this through the, uh, the the primaries and during his administration, was that he was ignorant of some of the sacred trusts there are in the presidency. I thought a lot of his policies were great, and I mean all caps, great. I thought the man himself was so highly flawed that he was just a ticking time bomb, and I still I like, think that. I like and, the and, term amoral pig, though. That's a band name right there, the amoral pigs. I think Trump does lack a moral compass, honestly. Um, so, Nathan, I agree with you more than you might think. Uh, but thank you for the note. Um, let's see. Uh, and this, uh, Kathy expressed it eloquently. A number of people said this. We said this yesterday. I can't get too excited about a three-hour riot when I watched Portland burn for over a year and the mayor marched with the rioters. Do I condone January 6th? No. Unlike those very politicians that are now out there blowing hot air, I do not support riots. I especially don't support riots by conservatives or those who claim to be Republicans. We are better than that. Even so, I will not support this hand-wringing over a three-hour riot. It might also be worth noting that the Capitol is a legal matter, is a federal building, no more holy than any other federal building. You know, I might argue, Kathy, that symbolically it is more important than your local uh, you know, Department of Forestry or, or what have you, but uh, reading on. If it is holy, are the people within it gods? Federal buildings are attacked all over the country. This was supported by those in D.C. in the AOC camp. Square that. Again, thank you for writing. A lot of people express that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it continues to be such a blind spot to me that so much of the country does not link all that violence the George Floyd violence, the BLM riots, all that different stuff, all that violence to January 6th. Like I said a hundred times yesterday, I think it's a it's a point on a continuum. One led to another. We had billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of buildings burnt down, smashed, and, and, and practically nobody cared. And many, many, many lives lost, dwarfing the January 6th total, because often these things come down to lives. People don't talk about, you know, the, the material cost of 9-11. They talk about the, uh, you know, over 3,000 souls who perished. 
You know, people don't talk about the cost of the battleships in Pearl Harbor, generally speaking. Um, they talk about the historic impact and the number of, of, of our uh, best and brightest who died that day. And oh, it's worth noting, and we didn't really lower the hammer or bring the hammer down, but Kamala Harris comparing Jan 6th, and she didn't write that speech, the Democratic Party did, comparing January 6th with Pearl Harbor and 9-11 is almost hilarious. Well, it's an, it's an attempt to get the voting rights bill through. That's what exactly. that's all about. That and whole we, day was a pitch for that bill. And we haven't talked much about that, but that that's the main thrust, is this voting rights bill that they had written before January 6th, worth noting. Yes. Before January 6th, this was voting stuff that they wanted to get through. They think that they can use the energy of the January 6th anniversary to get it through. But that's a different topic. Right. In case you missed yesterday's show, remember the A&G bottom line is there was a tolerance for months and months and months, several years, dating back perhaps to the infamous San Jose Trump rally, where people, including senior citizens, including people who were just out for a walk and had nothing to do with the rally, were beaten down by left-wing thugs. And the mayor soft-pedaled it? The police did virtually nothing to protect those people, and the media ignored it. And it built from there to the riots and the burnings and the head smashings in Antifa and Portland and all of it. And political violence built and built and built. And then, finally, conservatives decided, hey, we're going to be a-holes too. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, no! And not to uh, you know dislocate my shoulder patting us on the back, but... How many times did we say there's going to be a reaction to this from the right at some point, and you're not going to like it? Yeah, yeah, many, many times. So some of the uh, media reactions to yesterday, uh, Jack, how would you describe the the Ted Cruz-Tucker Carlson encounter? Uh, I think it shows how powerful Ted Cruz thinks Tucker Carlson is in terms of getting the nomination, because I think Ted Cruz is going to run for president. yeah. Um, yeah, but we, we should get to that at some point in the show, just because it's kind of exciting conflict and everybody likes that. We should probably get to the MSNBC guest who compared January 6th to the Holocaust. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Apparently there are no limits, folks. And um, somebody made a really good point on my particular New Year's resolution that I think could be helpful for all, for all of us. So we got a bunch of stuff on the way. Stay with us. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. this BMW car? They just unveiled the new SUV that can actually change colors. Yeah, experts say it's going to revolutionize the way you forget where you parked your car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we. that's what we came up with yesterday. Fallon, the only show on the air this week, I guess, uh, live because everybody's got the vid everybody's or they're got... following COVID uh, protocols and everybody's I, had to stop working. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I thought we were all going to catch on like two weeks ago that we have to change the rules. Omicron is not the same as the other COVIDs. You don't need to, like, stop everything because somebody has Omicron. But no. we're not. We're treating it just like it's the Delta variant. Yeah, I want to talk about that more a little bit later on, right. but uh, later on. Uh, a quick public service announcement, a brief bit of background uh, to leave the subdivision place where I live. Uh, there's a traffic light at a fairly major road. To get that traffic light to change, because it's a very, very long light, you have to pull up to the sensor. 
My wife was in back of somebody who did not pull up far mm. enough to touch the sensor and sat right. there for a very long time. So if you could please, to save my wife yelling at me, pull up to the sensor. In particular, America's senior citizens. Pull up to the white line. That's why it's there. Back to you. Um, are the, do uh, do a lot of people not realize it? Not all lights are on a sensor like that, but some are. And uh, do not doesn't everybody doesn't realize it? Yeah, apparently not. Uh, that is frustrating because you do the old honk, and then some people don't like to be honked at, and they don't realize what you're honking about. Right. So just nudge them forward is my tip. So does Judy keep a uh, bat or ball bearings or anything like that in her uh, trunk? Yeah, she well, it's actually a golf club, and she just walks up and smashes their uh, their window, and says, "Pull up, you moron!" So that's and that usually takes care of it. So uh, interesting uh, philosophical, I think, follow up to um, my New Year's resolution, which was to have a less sucky life. And one of uh, one of the ideas I had was to try to enjoy things that other people enjoy because well, it's basically the Costanza thing, really, as a number of people caught on to. Um, it's the Costanza thing. Remember, Costanza decided on Seinfeld that he, uh, George Costanza, that his life was not going well. So he's just going to start doing the opposite. Everything he thought he would do the opposite. And I'm, I'm practically that way my, myself. If I've ended up at this age with my life being this sucky, clearly all my instincts are wrong. So I should do the opposite of whatever I think is a good idea. Because it's sir, doing what I think is a good idea has gotten me miserable. So, you know, what's the downside? That's it's just logic. That's just logic. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was having this uh, conversation with my brother over Christmas that uh, he saw a couple of old guys walking down the hallway on New Year's Eve. And one old guy said to the other old guys, they got on the elevator, see you next year. And they both threw back their head in laughter. Oh, and my, my brother God. was mocking this, and oh. his daughter was mocking this, and I started mocking this. But then I said, those two guys are happy. I'm miserable. Why would I mock them and their their stupid joke when they're happy and I'm not? I mean, mm. who's winning the game of life between <laughs> them and me? <laughs> Am I winning the game of life by being miserable but not laughing at their stupid joke? No. So I'm going to start embracing things like see you next year or working harder, hardly working, or, you know, any of those kind of things that I've been mocking all of these years. Today, unfortunately, I'm at home because my son, we thought, might have COVID, although I just got the results back and he does not. That's fantastic. But um, if I was at work today and somebody said, TGI Friday, I was going to high-five them and chest bump and just throw back my <laughs> high Woo! You know, I'm going to become that guy because those people are happy and I'm not. So clearly I've been doing it wrong. All right, I'm going to test you. I'm going to test your resolve. If you're ready for the test, or did you, did you just want to say one more thing? Uh, I'll, I'll do the test first. Here's your test. You need to make, and this is how you prove to me you're sincere, clever jokes to the guy at the urinal next to you. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So in the bathroom, I need to I need to sidle up to a guy in the urinal in the bathroom today, and I would say, thank God it's Friday, huh? And then we high-five with our free hand. Or, 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 or no, no, I'm talking about the uh, we're peeing-related humor. Oh, okay. That some fellas engage in. Water's cold, huh? That sort of thing. And deep, right. Yeah, the, right, right. I mean, if you're going to embrace the stupid, embrace it. I do not talk to anybody in public restrooms. That's private time for me. But once again, are they happier than me? Yes. So I should do what they're doing because what I'm doing is not working. But somebody made this point, and I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, when, When 
people are enjoying that sort of thing that you feel like, and it's just, uh, I feel like a, a DB even saying this. You know, when people are enjoying the kind of joke that you feel like you're better than or above or whatever, and I mean, that's just really not a cool thing to even think or say. Take, but take, we do. But Go we on. do, but everybody does. It's yeah. human nature. Right. It might be even an important part of human nature that you decide I'm part of this group and they're part of that group. But you just you just enjoy the fact that those people are happy, which is a very kind of Christian, philosophical, nice thing to do. Rather than roll your eyes at or whatever, just enjoy that those two old guys who've probably known each other for years are sharing a laugh over something they both find funny. Wow. Wow. Don't squirm that the humor is that of four-year-olds. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was meant to be charitable. I'm bad at this. <laughs> Don't don't be uncomfortable or roll your eyes over the fact that they're enjoying a joke that you got tired of in the second grade. But yeah, I get that. That makes sense. I wish I could be more like that. I think that's it, it, it'd take many baby steps to get to where that is, to be that kind of a, a Jesus-like character to where I could just look at the world that way. Yeah, I have more to say, but we're out of time. Stay tuned or grab the podcast later, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.